Welcome to Nature Knows, conversations with wild warriors and changemakers. I'm your host, Jen Vitanzo, and this podcast is all about nature, both the wild kind outside our front doors and the humankind written within our DNA. Each episode showcases an individual who has dedicated their efforts to create a better today to ensure we have an actual tomorrow, and they are using their unique creative fingerprints to do it. These are the wild warriors and change makers constructing the bridges necessary to connect us all, human to human, species to species, worlds to worlds. So today's guest is a woman named Ashley Jones. She's part of Black, or she's actually the founder of Black Truth Media. And she is the definition of the multi-hyphenate. She is uh, she was a magazine editor and founder. Um, she has radio shows. She's an author. She's an artist. She. The biggest question with her is really when she sleeps. So I'm very excited to introduce her to you today. So without further ado, please welcome Ashley Jones. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am good. I am good. So I like I. I've been listening to your little podcast stuff. I've been trying to catch up on the radio snippets. The um, yes. The Black, Black Motivation <laughs> broadcast, yeah, so much stuff. So really, truly, when do you sleep? You know, not often, right? Like, I wake up <laughs> in the morning, you know what I mean? I roll through the end of the day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cool. So what I'd love to get is essentially a little bit about your journey, um, just a little bit of background about you, where you started, uh, and essentially where you want all of this headed towards and sort of what your goals are. Um, just a little bit, just a background about you and, and your, your story. Sure. So let's start from the beginning, right? So I first, like, you know, delved into, like, the journalism, the media, you know, role in position when I started my magazine, the Staccato Beat magazine back in 2012. So I was interviewing, you know, different celebrities, different industry leaders, but it really started out with me just interviewing my friends who were doing positive and powerful things in the work in which they did. So I started that in February. And then in April, I went to go see Pastor Shoy Caesar get crowned the Queen of Gospel, one of only three members of the press who could photograph the event. So that kind of like kick-started off, right, everything that you see me doing now today. So that's kind of, you know, my journey from the beginning. And then now I do the Black Motivation Broadcast, which is where I, again, interview different celebrities, industry leaders, entertainment professionals, right and really have them speak their truth tell their story and really shed advice and light on the industries in which they operate in so i've interviewed a grammy award-winning uh, musicians emmy nominated actors you know some of the people you may know like um some of the people you may have heard of their shows like greenleaf and the haves and the have-nots i interviewed carl kennedy um who is an actor on those um and a choreographer who did a show uh, a video for jordan sparks Jamal Joseph, her last video, Red Sangria, that just came out last August. So, yeah, I just have had an amazing, you know, journey connecting with and networking and getting to know people. And that's, you know, kind of how it started. And that seems to be a big part of your ethos in terms of that building that community of connection yeah. and sharing stories. Because, like, for all of us, the like humans, we communicate through story. Like, that's how we operate. We are social species, social beings. We need to feel that connection. We need to sort of find our tribe, so to speak. Right. Um, and it looks, I mean, of all the stuff that you're doing, it seems like a coherent thread through all of it, which is essentially to share and to find these commonalities between us and to show yeah. people that it's, you know, this is all happening around us and you can be part of it and there's a place for you with all of this. I love that. Yeah. 
So did you come from, a, like, in terms of, in, did you study journalism in school? Did you, did you, like, what was your trajectory with all of this? Was it just like, I'm just going to do this because I really believe in what I'm doing? And, or was there like a set path, like, ah, this is, this is where I began with a, a field of study, or was it really like, a, like for me, I was much of a learn on my own, like learn right. by doing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So it's kind of a combination. So I actually, my major in school, my initial major was political science. Then I found that was like, not me, right? <laughs> so my next major was theater. I was a uh, thespian. So I used to act in school. Um, and I also got into kind of the behind the scenes as well. And when I kind of made that transition, so I was a lighting designer, I did sound, I did a lot of the behind the scenes work in school and then also in the DC metropolitan area, right? In the theater scene. So that's kind of where it like grew out of, it grew out of my work in theater and in technical theater specifically, which is what my major was. Mm -hmm. And did you find that, like what I have found in my own journey is that doing all these different things has been so incredibly valuable and in showing how everything is connected and how you need each part for everything to work. Of course, yeah. yeah. When I was acting on the stage before I got into technical theater, right? I saw the lights, I saw the sound, you know, I kind of had a concept of how it all worked together. But once I started getting behind the scenes, once I started studying lighting, right, and the colors and, you know what I mean, everything that goes into, like, putting together this performance and making each moment happen, right, that's really where I started to understand the inner workings and how it's all connected and intertwined. And I kind of think I take that background from being in technical theater and I bring it into what I do now because I'm saying, hey, this is how, you know, this is the inner workings of the entertainment industry, for example, or the medical industry or, you know, the law field, right? I have people really talk their talk, like I say, and speak their truth on what the behind the scenes looks like in their everyday lives. Right. So yes, I think it's, I think that that's, like you said, a common thread that kind of like shifts through what I do. And you grew up in the D.C. area, yeah? Correct. I, yeah. Okay. Do you think that influenced a lot of this? It's oh, funny, sure. you say you were political science and then went into theater. I'm like, oh, it sounds very similar, actually, when you think about it. There's so much theatrics within the right. political, yeah. you know? But again, it's really, it's having a stage in many ways, like everything else. It's having a stage to speak out and right. have a platform. And, yeah. you know, we think of things like theater and entertainment as being the only but in fact, we all have our own special platforms and ways of getting our message out. And you've managed to cross over so many of them in really interesting ways that really connect and connect with people. Right. Um, yeah. Right. And so we met in a random thing in Clubhouse. Right. <laughs> Speaking of connections, yes. um, that whole little microcosm, which is becoming a macrocosm in many ways, yeah. uh, of, of, of networking and, and social, mm -hmm. and not just networking in the sense of, oh, well, what can I do for this person? What can they do for me? But yes. networking in the sense of, again, yeah. building that community and right. finding people that are like-minded. And what I have been really fascinated, which is partly, partially why I cottoned on to you too, yeah. um, is there are so many people involved in that community that are really, they're go-getters and they want to create positive change. Exactly. You know, they want, they look at the status quo and they say, okay, some of this might be working, but a lot of it isn't. And it might be working in some respects for a small proportion of the world or, the yeah. society, you know, whatever, but it's not working for the big picture. Right. And we're watching, especially now, this past year, with the pandemic and everything that the, and, and all the black lives matter protests and everything, there's been a lot 
that has been sort of pushed under the rug. Mm -hmm. Like that's mm -hmm. just, we're not going to worry about that because that sort of interrupts the whole status quo right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm loving all mm -hmm. of these voices coming out and saying, no, we're not going back under the rug. Like this right. is something that we have needed to address forever. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and so, <laughs> right. And so having these voices come out and listening to you speak and talking about what you've been doing, I just think it's, it's inspiring on so many levels. And I, I just, I love it. I love what you're doing. I love your, the black magic minute that you talked about. Yeah. Uh, but you got to tell us about that because people need to listen to this because first of all, I think it's genius. The names that you've come up with all, all of these. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about, so you, we talked about, you did the magazine, you're, you're your own podcast host in your own yeah. right. Um, you are a radio personality. You're also an artist, which I didn't realize. Uh, you sing, yes? I do. So, yeah. So you said you did the theater. Um, you've written a book. Yeah. Like, what have you not done? Besides, like, <laughs> save the world. Right. Well, I tried to do a little bit of that, too. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you're on that trajectory as well. So you're cut, you're doing that, too. Right. Um, yeah. So so talk to me, like, the radio. Let's talk about the Black Magic Minute. Let's talk about Black Motivation Broadcast. Sure. What, like, how did you essentially get involved in that? Is that just something that you, you just started on your own or you, you made some connections and yeah. just kind of got your, well, okay. Sure. So let's so talk about this with the genesis of that. Sure. I got invited to the um, Underground Southern Soul Awards last year to cover it, through some of my connections that I had made through interviewing the Black Mat uh, Motivation Broadcast, right? And at the Underground Southern Soul Awards, I met the awesome Ray Daniels, who is the host of the Ray Daniels Morning Show. And, you know, after several conversations, networking, he invited me to have my own segment on the show. He invited me to name it, everything like that. And I was like, hmm, you know, what do I want to call it? Right. And I think about like, you know, black girl magic and black boy joy is kind of like some things that are trending, but also some things that are really important to me to like celebrate and highlight. Because that's what those are. They're like celebrations of moments in our history and in our culture and what's going on right now. And so I decided to call my segment the Black Magic Minute to highlight and to, you know, really celebrate some of the people that I've come across in my journeys who are doing positive and powerful things in the work in which they do and really doing it up. Right in their chosen respective fields. Right. right. And so, of course, motivation broadcast. You know, similarly, um, the Black Motivation Broadcast is kind of born out of the pandemic. You know, so that's like my my little pandemic baby. I started my business like, two years ago in 2019, and I was doing a lot of events, event planning, you know, stuff like that. And then the pandemic hit, and it's just like, yo, we are not meeting in person right now. <laughs> So I had to kind of pivot, right, which was the word of 2020. I pivoted, and I was like, let me go back to my roots, and let me start this, this live stream video podcast and really take some of the connections that I made in the past, some of the connections I'm currently making through different avenues, and really celebrate people and really bring people together and show people the people that I'm interviewing, the people that are watching, you know, like you said, how we're all connected and how we can all help each other to grow in our respective careers. Right. And I think what I really love about that too is the fact that you've built so much upon so much. So you've taken each step of your journey and you've yeah. capitalized on it and you've turned it into, and not in a, this is how you work in business and this is how you do it. It's more like a, an organically, this is, I, I have built this world through the steady work in this and I have found these connections with this, which is another yeah. area that I worked and you found those connections and you built upon it and took that the theme through it all and and you know just kept creating more and more and more from it right. and I love like I know and you've probably heard this too is working in the entertainment industry there's always mm -hmm. that that 
idea of the overnight sensation, which we yes. all know working in the field is not, it doesn't not, exist. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, it is always years and years and years of work behind the scenes or in other capacities doing stuff and putting in the time yes. to build that groundwork that you need as your foundation to be able to launch into that next trajectory. And so much of, essentially, all of what you've been doing really fits into that and yes. has been building this solid foundation and I feel like for people listening everywhere, that's so important to, to showcase is that it doesn't just happen because you show up. No. Showing up, very important. You have to show up. For sure. <laughs> but you've got to do a lot of the quote unquote grunt work to a degree. Even if it, you know, it's, 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 I always feel like that's such a weird word to say because it sounds right. awful. <laughs> but it's more of the, the footwork behind the scenes like you said like laying it's like building a house you've got to lay that foundation you've got to put that work in to make sure you've got a solid ground to stand on yeah before you start building up and out you know right yes I totally completely agree right like if I hadn't started that magazine back in 2012 and grinded for those six years right I did it from 2012 to 2018 really building my name building connections building a reputation for you know having great interviews not asking crazy questions right making my guests feel comfortable in my space right I wouldn't have been able to go back to those same people some of them and say hey I'm doing this podcast now do you want to be a guest on the podcast right so I laid the foundation like you said over the years so right now I can go to someone and say, hey, do you want to interview me? Can I interview you? And they're like, yes. And you didn't treat them like a thing. You didn't treat them like an entity. You treated them like a person. Right. Which is, I think, especially in this past year. Yeah. But so much, we, we find ourselves, I think, more and more with social media especially. It's so yeah. ironic that social media is so incredibly isolating in many mm -hmm. ways. Because we, we like kind of exist in these weird silos. And with all the algorithms and everything... Yeah we're even further pushed into these silos. And so it actually takes effort to step outside of that mm -hmm. and expand that reach. And, and you're dealing with people in the sense of dealing with them in relationship-wise. Right. You know, builds, like you said, that comfort, that you, you build a trust. Yeah. And that is so incredibly important with all of this, is that finding that trust and, again, feeling like, you know, making people feel like they matter. Because they do. Right. Yeah. They do. As themselves, not because of necessarily what they do, right. because of who they are and, you know, that they have that incredible unique voice that has something to contribute to the world and embracing that and sitting there and saying, I see you, yeah. I see you, I see you, not you you know, what's on your resume, what's, right. that's great, it's part yes, of you, exactly. but yeah. A great example of that is one of my recent interviews that I did with Joshua Pyram. Oh, he's awesome. That was... A while it out, right? And his interview was amazing. Now he shed so much insight, so much, you know, life was given in that interview. And, you know, somebody might look at him just like, oh, he's just a mascot behind while it out, right? He's just a mascot. But he was able to share so much value. And it is so cool, right, to accomplish that, right? And we want to celebrate that, which is why I wanted to have him on the show. That's like an right. example, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and he said, too, he's firecracker i he's great and I, I learned so much more about him listening to your show because i knew him from what exactly what you said right. and then i was like oh there's so much depth and he was talking about you know he's haitian and growing up right. in new york and that mm -hmm. whole dynamic of that and it's amazing how each of us like where we grow up how that mm -hmm. affects our our future in terms right. of in weird ways, like either we, some people stay in that bubble yes. and they don't want to mm -hmm. ever leave it and it's very comfortable and, mm -hmm. and it works for them and, and their capacity and other people, like for me, I was like, I can't wait to get out. Like I love where I grew up. It was beautiful. It was a great mm -hmm. way, to, like great place mm -hmm. to grow up. 
but it was yeah I, I couldn't wait to get out of there because there was this whole huge world out there mm -hmm. so oh. yeah oh, no. sorry <laughs> yes so you also have a book that you have written yes okay yes. let's talk about your book how okay. was what was the whole process like it's a, it's a it's a series of devotionals. My mm -hmm. yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Now, how that process? So I mm -hmm. I published a book. I self published a book about two years ago. Okay. How did you do? Like, how did you work through your process with all of that? Sure. So I started a blog back in 2010, and the voice of the blog was one single lady, right? So I didn't um, give my name as the voice of the blog, but I literally talked about different things that single Christian women go through, right? different issues, different situations. I talk about friendship. I talk about, you know, relationships. I talk about God and our relationship with God. So, you know, I just talk about different things in, in the blog. And I started getting, like, people talking to me about, like, you know, why don't we make a book out of this, right? And I really, and it was interesting because I had different people comment on the blog and be like, even guys, like, hey, this really helped me understand my single sisters better. You know, so it was just really, really cool to get all this feedback. So I decided back in 2011 to, to stop in the blog for a little bit and start producing this book. And so I was taking a lot of the content from the blog and also new experiences and new content over the years to really create this book. And I finally decided in 2017, I think it's ready to publish, but I had to um, kind of make a decision because of the way the book was laid out. It was initially laid out as a chapter book. And it, for whatever reason, just in my spirit, that wasn't the right direction to go in. So I thought about it, prayed about it. And I was like, you know what, let's make this a 31-day book, book of devotion. And so really, like, break down everything that I, you know, accumulated or amassed into these, like, really relatable bites that you can take with you with the scriptures that have been given to me, the words, the advice from grandmothers, sisters, aunties, everybody, right? And really make it easier to digest. And so that's why I came up with the idea to make it a 31-day devotional. Oh, I think that's fantastic. That's such a great, it's such a brilliant idea. Yeah. And then you. when you, in terms of publishing and everything, how did, what route did you go through? Did I use um, CreateSpace. Okay. No longer, right? Um, Amazon now has uh, Amazon Kindle Publishing, direct Kindle Direct Publishing. But I initially went through CreateSpace, which is with an Amazon affiliate, uh, to publish the book. Okay. And so it's still available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll put, we'll make sure I, I'm going to make sure I put links for all of this stuff within the awesome. podcast so that you can find all of this. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I think the publishing pro it's fun. All of this stuff I think is so interesting and fun that yeah. it's a whole other way of showing sort of your creativity, but sharing your story right. yeah. and sharing your experiences so that again, we don't feel alone, like right. going through and saying, Hey, I have been there. This is my story. And someone yeah. else reading it saying, Oh man, I I feel that I am so right there with you, and I have yeah. definitely been through that. Or they haven't been through it, like you said, mm -hmm. with guys. I mean, I know that the whole Me Too movement, especially, so yeah. many of my guy friends were shocked, yeah. and I was like, none of the women are. <laughs> none of the women are. <laughs> All the men were like, I can't even believe the number of women that I know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, when you start sharing the stories, you start yeah. seeing all these underlying connections and the fact that a right. lot of things are a lot more widespread than we thought. Yeah, exactly. And, and really with the book also, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to make the book was because there's there's some women, not saying all women or not saying a lot of women, but there's some women who don't have those mentors or those other women who are speaking into their lives 
so they don't get access to some of the information, right, that would have been shared by a grandmother or a big sister or an auntie or whoever. So I really wanted to really share those experiences, my experiences, as well as the experiences of others who have poured into me so I can pour into others who the book. Right. And that brings up actually a really good point, which is, I'm sorry, I haven't had a scratchy throat all morning, so I apologize for the con. I'm trying to keep muting myself so you don't hear me like clearing my throat, making these horrible noises. Okay. <laughs> um, so that brings up the point of actually mentors, which is a big right. thing. And I think it's been, a, it's been overlooked a lot in terms of finding mentors and there's been this sort of push of a mentor has to be someone who's been super successful in your field that you can right. but mentors really like you said can be from grandmothers from sisters from yeah. it can be from anyone who can give you some sort of guidance and who has right. an experience that they can share with you that can help you on your journey right what in terms of your mentors what is who have been really really powerful mentors for you sure so um definitely in my church, right, because I'm a spiritual person, obviously. In my church, I've definitely had women who have really poured into me. Um, one of them I want to mention, her name is Miss Deb. She's my mentor, Miss Deb. She's like a play auntie, right? <laughs> but she really pours into me, you know, like whenever I need advice, whenever I need guidance. It doesn't necessarily always have to be like business advice, right? Like you said, because it doesn't have to be someone who's been super successful in the industry in which you're trying to operate in. It could be a life mentor or a life guide, right? So she's definitely been one of the mentors for me as well. And, you know, growing up, I had a big sister, right? I'm the oldest. <laughs> but I had a big sister, um, Michelle Stewart, who is now, her husband is a pastor and the pastor of church in Texas. And so she was kind of like, you know, one of my guides. And she's one of the one of the biggest voices, right? If you read through the book, um, she's one of the biggest voices that you'll hear um, unannounced, right? So I'm giving her this platform to say, hey, Michelle Stewart. Yes, she was definitely influential in my life. Again, from a personal perspective, more so than a business perspective. But yeah, she definitely helped shape and you know help guide me as I grew as a woman, right, in my life. And that's the truth. That growth is the biggest thing too. Is mm -hmm. that this is all this all stems from growth too. It's it's yeah. you, you're constantly shifting and moving, and as yeah. you know, we're constantly growing in some capacity or another. Sometimes very painfully. I mean, growth. I think by default is somewhat painful. <laughs> Because it's the whole concept of like a seed cannot become a tree without breaking through the shell. <laughs> it sounds very violent. Yeah. It is true. And yeah. it is it's the it's the growing pains of learning and developing and you know the the hardships, the the challenges, the difficulties. Um but I I you know, my experience has always been the hardest stuff has always become the most valuable. It might yeah. not seem like it at the time, it might seem like the worst thing at the time, I might just want to power through it and just get through it right but looking back it's become the most valuable um they've been the most valuable learning tools they've you know and and there's that whole concept of you've survived the worst days of your life already right. you know you right. can keep right. going just keep going right yeah you'll be able to survive in the past you'll be able to survive whatever you got in the future because now you have new tools right to handle and to deal with the situations that will arise i totally agree with that right so a lot of what you're doing with the creative process, I know from mm -hmm. my experience, there's a whole lot of rejection. There's a whole lot of no's. Right. Um, and you just got to keep powering through it. What has mm -hmm. been for you, um, what have been some of the hardest lessons that you've learned, but that have really, truly kept you going and, and really inspired you to continue on that trajectory? 
Sure. So one of the hardest lessons that I've learned as far as the nose is that you got to have a big social media following, right? Like you can be amazing. You can be great. You can be talented what you do. At the end of the day, you know what I mean? You got to have that pull. You got to have that draw for certain people in order to get to the next level of interviews. So instead of saying like, hey, guys, I don't have a big social media following or I don't have this or I don't have that, it really pushes me and propels me to continue to grow and continue to work hard and you know, work to the next level of success, right? And success is defined by yourself. So for me, success is not necessarily the biggest social media following, like 13 million followers, right? Success for me is being able to touch and, ident and identify how I can reach that one or two or three people who need to hear what I'm saying in order to take their career to the next level, right? And if I have somebody come back to me and say, hey, that really touched me, or a publicist, right? Say, hey, that interview was awesome. Uh, definitely have some people I want to refer you to in the future to work with, right? That is success for me because it's me continuing to build, right? Continuing to grow and continuing to connect, which is, you know, some of the goals that I have personally for success for me. Right. And it is always such a balancing act because there is mm -hmm. that, that desire to have as many followers and as many people right. sort of in your stable as possible mm -hmm. because we have started equating numbers and higher numbers right. with mm -hmm. that means you're successful but there's the flip side of it which is exactly what you said which is mm -hmm. you can build stronger you might have a smaller following mm -hmm. but you have individual contact and you've really touched those people so you've built a, a sort of a, a rabid base of people that they just they love what you do and they right. connect with you yeah. and your your message is truly hitting upon someone in a way that's meaningful Right. And so those connections actually end up becoming more powerful right. because there's there's something behind them as opposed to just a right. click that says like or what you know it's right, an right. actual yeah and that's always a, like a challenging balance is you right. want to find that but you still want to grow it because you right. need to be you know expand the reach and right. also you have such you know, such great messages to be getting out there so yeah it should be getting out to more people right 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 yeah I agree like you said it's a balancing act you know, even mentally, right? To say, like, hey, I'm not going to sacrifice what my messaging is or what I'm doing to reach that higher or larger following. However, I do want that higher or larger following, so I need to figure out what I need to do to get it and right. within my values, within my morals, and within my goals. Right. And that's always a big thing, too, is remembering yep. where, your, like, where your lines are because each one right. of us has different lines in terms of yeah. what's acceptable for us and what... Our brand, and that was an interesting, I actually was listening to a conversation yesterday with people about your brand and mm -hmm. that it's not just about creating a brand, it's creating a brand that resonates truly with who you are and is in line with who yeah. you are. And mm -hmm. your brand is absolutely very much in line with your mission and your ideas and what you want to get out there. Yeah. And and that is so important because mm -hmm. how, I mean, going into, have you ever had a job where you've basically been like, I hate this, this is not at all in line with me, and I... Can't do it anymore. Yes. Yeah, yes. Everyone has that, you know, that job during their career, for sure, yes. Mm -hmm. It's that soul-sucking where you're like, I know, I know it's a paycheck, I know I'm getting experience out of this, but right. it is so out of touch with who I am as a human and what I care about and what right. matters to me that I feel like I, it's, it's like painful. Right, so, you know, and justify the means only to a certain extent, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, and finding that balance. Yeah. Um, for you, what I would say, what, what, where do you find that balance? Like when you, because you have so many things going on, right? Which I get. Um, 
And it is always very hard to find when you have a lot of things pulling you in a lot of directions. And they're all great things and they all have equal merit and equal... Where do you find sort of a balance? How do you how do you maneuver that? Or are you like me where I'm like, I don't have any balance. I just, whatever, I, I'm just constantly shifting. Sure. So I definitely, in that balance, you know, when I hear balance, I remember Josh Pyron's interview, a lot of uh, Cordero Davis's interview, who is the, sec the sexy chef, the celebrity chef that I interviewed. Uh, one of the things that they talked about is work-life balance, right? And so I definitely am a huge proponent of mental health awareness, taking care of your mental health, as well as taking care of yourself, right? So, like, I go out to eat. I take, well, prior to the pandemic, right? <laughs> I'm, like, ordering in, right? Like, I definitely take time out to pamper myself and really, you know, take care of Ashley, right? Because if I can't take care of Ashley, I can't take care of anyone else, right? So if I don't make sure that my mental is taken care of, my physical is taken care of, right, the needs and the things that I've got going on, then I'm not, I can't be as worthy of the opportunities that I, in my mind, right, that I'm going to be presented with. So for me, it's definitely all about, like, let's say prior to the pandemic 2019, right? I was going to comedy shows. I was, you know, taking myself out to eat, you know, getting my nails done. And, you know, all that good stuff still do, right? But I definitely take care of myself and make sure that I take care of my spiritual health as well. Like, I read a lot of books in my spare time. Like, you know, <laughs> I got a lot going on. In your spare time. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you're good. That's great because you're carving it out and that's right. so important. It is. Yeah. Um, I know there's that, again, that saying of, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I right. definitely poking holes in that though, because it is always work. Mm -hmm. It is always work. And, and I mean, I'm the first to admit that the administrative side of what I do yeah. is work. Right, like Excel right. is not my friend. I mean, I understand Excel has a lot of value, but right. things like spreadsheets and the administrative, mm -hmm. just not my thing. Right. But you power through it because it is part of the whole picture. Right. And so mm -hmm. it is work. It is hard. And it is, I mean, as much as it fuels you, it's also exhausting because yeah. it is a constant, it, 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 it's constant forward motion. Right. So finding mm -hmm. ways to carve out and say, this is going to separate me so I can shut off that bit. Right. And let it recharge, let it rest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine who was a coach one time said something to me, and I was like, that's amazing. I am never going to forget that. He right. said, there's the create space, and there's the recreate space. Mm. And I always think, think recreate. I'm like, what? And then I was like, oh, my gosh, recreation. Okay. Right. Right, right. Now I get it. Yeah. You never hear it that way. Right. So I was like, the creation space is a space where you're doing what you love and your passion. And that's your workspace. Mm-hmm. And then you need to ref and you're fueling with that to a degree, but there's another side of you that needs to refuel with the rest. Even if the rest is you're running hiking right. mountains, some people that's their rest. Right. Which is not me, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I love mountains. I right. like to look at them. Um, right. I actually like to like hike them too, but not you know that's not my, whatever. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, but that recreate space is that space mm. where you can go to recharge yeah. and turn off the creation space and give you yeah. the time to percolate a lot of the stuff that's going in the create space and give your right. body the chance to recuperate, rejuvenate. Right. And that is so important. And I you totally are, think. I take that time, right? So it, it may even be like 11, 12 o'clock at night, right? But at the end of my day, I might just be on Facebook supporting yeah. my friends, liking, sharing, watching their content, right? But just taking that time out to not be doing me, something about me. 
whether that is watching a comedian on Netflix or, you know, reading a book, like I said, somebody else's book, <laughs> right? I'm taking that moment to just decompress and right. not be doing something that's related to my business or my brand. For sure, I definitely take those moments. And you talked about food and you talked about comedy, two of which are very much fueling. Laughing is huge. Yes. Especially in this past year. There's yeah. not a lot to not laugh about. Um, right. And a lot to laugh about, depending on what your perspective is. And, and, right, right, right. And making, you know, looking for a silver lining. But it is so true. Like, also the food, the fueling, fuel, yeah. literally physically fueling us. Yeah. And so you're doing, speaking of, you're doing events. So you're doing an event coming up yes. with a chef. Yeah. Uh, what? No, I'm Grown Women Brunch? Yeah, that called? Grown Women Brunch. Yes. It. I'm so excited about this event, partnering with Don Moss, who I partnered with before um, with my previous iteration of my business, right, when we did event planning. But we will be doing the Grown Women Brunch, which is where we'll be doing a cooking class with the ladies. And then the ladies will be able to sip on something while they're watching, right? And we're going to have this brunch experience where I'm going to send these curated boxes of different like, items, like an apron, you know what I mean, a spoon, spatula, you know, different branded items. So they can really participate and feel a part of the experience together, right? While we're watching Don cook something fun and fabulous. Right. So I'm really excited about that event. Because, you know, I was actually on Clubhouse <laughs> a couple of months ago. And we were talking um, in the event, in event planning room about different ways of making events more inclusive while we're not in the same space. Right. So I thought if I could take this, you know, this idea of being inclusive and, you know, sending out a box where women are with a little cup, right, that we can all step on together. <laughs> like, you know, little, little different items to really tie the experience in together. We're all you know, like looking at Don making this fabulous dish. We're all learning together. So I'm even going to be learning. I don't know what the dish is yet. <laughs> We're all going to be learning this together. So that's, that's awesome. We're all part of this experience. And food is such a communal thing. Yeah. It traditionally has always been, you know, uh, creating food, eating food. It's been a, a community right. experience. And yeah. especially, I mean, uh, this last year, it's been taken away in many ways because we can't get out and gather in these groups. Right. We can't easily get out to, well, it depends on what state I guess you're in. Right. <laughs> Some states, whatever, do whatever you want. Right. Um, but yeah, like that whole element of sort of breaking bread. I think mm -hmm. spirituality too. Yes. The the concept of breaking bread together and yes. being... and also learning from another woman, right? Yes. Having that woman, you know, come into your space virtually, my too, but right and really sharing some of her heart and some of her art through cooking, right? Which is a very communal activity as well, like you said. Yeah. So right. something that I wish I did more of, but I'm t I, I spent so much time sort of on my own and it was just it, it was useless to cook for myself because I'm like, this is no, definitely not. Not with. Oh, I, that's one of the things I love to do. I love to try different recipes, you know, really try and, and edit recipes, you know, with things that I like to add. And yeah, I, I just made some steak teriyaki Ooh. the other day, and it was just delicious. It was gone in two days. So. Oh, I am very happy that I have a partner who loves to cook because I love food. I love to eat. Yes. And I absolutely love to eat. But when yes. it comes to the actual process of making it, I'm like, <sighs> well, now you have the a cereal for, for them. You can surprise them, <laughs> right? Actually, this is a really cool. So the event, make to remind me, the event is February twentieth, right? Yes, at eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to make sure that I add a link in so that people okay. can sign up if they want to do it. Um, yes. It just sounds like such an awesome experience. Yes, I'm so like being 
I was watching the Great British Bake Off the other night, too, yeah. and I was looking at it, I was like, I want to do this. I'm right. going to learn how to do it. I was like, I'm never going to be this good because I'm just never going to commit the time that I need. To. I'm watching yeah. these people doing their technical challenges, and there's right. like five ingredients and no information beyond that. Right, like, right, right, right. Yeah, this so would fun. be... Yeah. I would love to see a great British bake off of people who don't know how to bake and see how it went. Like, how do I those? What is it? The Pinterest challenges? Like, yeah. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at this beautiful thing. And then look what I created. Right. Look at the difference. What's going on? <laughs> so, awesome. So, if you were essentially, you were going to be, I have found that with what I have done as a female, there have been challenges on a gender perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly like working in conservation and working in entertainment to a degree as well, because there's sort of, there has traditionally been this attitude of women being like, they're either the artists and they're like the right. person and everybody mm-hmm. else does all the behind the scenes and like right. the production and the engineering, that's mm-hmm. all men. Right. And so, and I was starting to move into that and learn that stuff. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> you don't know how to do that. Or as a photographer, well, that's right. men, it's tech, it's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a female. Uh, and then right. conservation yeah. was also very heavily dominated for a long time by mm-hmm. men, especially in the field. Right, right, right. So there was very much a challenge to overcome this stigma that, well, women can't do this or right. this is just, you're not strong enough or you're not tough enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, women have kids, guys. You need to like <laughs> right. settle down. Just if you're talking about tough. <laughs> but, um, but so have you, stuff, right? <laughs> right, right. Have you experienced that? And essentially it, how have you managed to overcome that or how have you dealt with it? Sure. So actually I have not, I will say that I have not like definitely, you know, cause I think it's mainly because my, how I operate is relationally based, right? So I build relationships with people. Those people have their relationships with other people. And based on that, I have the conversation, right? So I think that, for at least for me, in the space that I have operated in, it has broken down some of those barriers for me. Because I have had people, for example, when I was doing the Chicago Beat magazine, I had a managing director for the magazine. And so he introduced me in different spaces, right? And so I didn't I didn't have that. And maybe it's, you know, because I had him introduce me in certain spaces that I was able to gain certain opportunities. But again, that's networking, right? And so, because my my business is relationship based, I actually haven't had some of those barriers presented to me, and I'm definitely appreciative and grateful. I think you know they say favor ain't fair, right? So definitely, I'm a believer in that. Well, that's great though. That is that's actually very refreshing to hear, yeah. and it's nice to think that you know things are things are changing as well. Because I am starting yeah. to see, and I've, people that I've spoken to have also said that they are starting to see, even like when they started out. Um, a few weeks ago, I interviewed a friend of mine who's been working in conservation, and she okay. is, she's gay, and she's mm-hmm. in a field that is traditionally, again, like it's been very male dominated, right. and uh, and she's really on this kick to bring more women into ornithology and birding and mm-hmm. um, and and non um, non gender binary and just mm-hmm. expanding and opening the world up to more more people that right. is more inclusive. Yeah. And she said when she you know when she first started out, it was definitely much more challenging but mm-hmm. as the years have gone on it is I'm sure part of it is exactly what you said is like you build relationships she's built right. relationships and they start yeah. to see her as a person as opposed to a thing yeah. um but also it's just things also changing in a positive direction of right. people starting to realize that 
you know, there is an element of what you look like in your background that obviously has merit because each of us has our unique experiences that we bring right. to the table and they're, they're, they're important. Yeah. Um, but also not discounting us because we have these different experiences or right. we look different or we, you know, um, or different belief systems and that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's actually really awesome to hear. I yeah. love that. That makes me really happy. For sure. Thank you. Cool. So do you have any advice just to wrap this up? Because I know like we all, we all have lives and, uh, <laughs> well, I guess it's just nice and time for you. So for sure. Well, no, it's just, it's, I mean, I feel like the hour is always a good, it's about a good, good mm-hmm. about a good balance to mm-hmm. keep, because I realize also our attention spans are in right. 90 different right. directions these days. Yes. Um, and it is great to get people to focus in, but at the same time, I, I like just to keep it to a, a good solid, just around an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any sort of advice that you would love to offer out, any last minute, whatever, things that you'd like to offer mm-hmm. to listeners? Tell listeners about you. Um, Anything that you want them to know in particular about your journey, about the work that you're doing, how they can support you, yeah. um, all that stuff. And like I said, I will add all the links. Uh, if you want, yeah. I can even put your clubhouse stuff in there as well. Okay, if you, just sure. up to you, entirely up to you. Yeah. But sure. yeah. So if you were sort of like summing it all up and you had your, if you were speaking to your younger self, let's, let's do it that way. Okay. If you were speaking to your younger self, what would you tell them? If I was speaking to my younger, the younger Ashley, little Ashley. Little I Ashley. Let's speak to little Ashley. I would tell little Ashley um, three things. I like threes. So the first thing I would tell little Ashley is to focus, right? Focus is so important, right? You can be doing a lot of things with your time, as you can see now if you look at my life. But all those things that I'm doing right now have a commonality, a trend. Um, in them. And like I said, I was acting, I was singing, I was doing spoken word, I was, you know, doing all these different things. And I was good at a lot of different things. But little Ashley needed to focus. <laughs> so that's one of the main things I would tell little Ashley. You know, focus on that one thing. Because even though I'm, I am where I am, I can never say that I have arrived, right? That's one thing. But I can also say that, you know, anyone can say if they had focused at a certain point or if they did focus at a certain point, they're further ahead than where they would have been if they had not. So the second thing that I would tell little Ashley is to um, definitely implement time management. Time management is so important, right? So definitely, you know, carve out time for yourself like I do now for the work-life balance, right? Carve out time for study. Carve out time for work. And really, you know, like, take those little side of time. I don't remember who it was, but they had planned out their day to, like, the 10-minute increments that, that I read in read. Uh, an article about them. It was one of, like, one of those big like CEOs of the companies. Like, literally, they plan out the day on the counter. It's 10 minute increments. They knew what they were doing every single 10 minutes. Now, I'm not saying be that <laughs> extra with it, right? But definitely plan out your day. And the third thing I would say is something that my dad has really taught me and instilled in me and that I'm trying to do more so now. And a lot of other people have talked to me about this too. And I want to give this advice to everyone because it really truly does work. The third thing that I would say is to write things down because, you know, we're in this age right now of the manifestation and, you know, vision boards and everything like that. To get back to the basics, you know, write down the goals that you want to accomplish, write down the things that you want to do to get to those goals, and then really work to accomplish them. Work to check those things off the list. That goes back into time management and planning, right? But really write things down. That's what I would say. It's my three advice, three little bits of advice to little Ashley. That's, those are 
fantastic because it's so true. Like focus, fo- especially again, given the time that we live in, it's, mm-hmm. it's getting harder and harder to focus. Right. But if you have a focus and, and, and you're actually a perfect example of this is, is doing so many different things. Mm-hmm. You've managed to find that focus right. it, and realize that what is driving you in each of these different areas yeah. is this focus. And you've been able to right. distill that focus down and say, this is, you know, what I'm pulling from this and I'm still on the same trajectory. I may be doing 15 different things that don't seem like me at the time that they're related, right? but I have that focus, that mm-hmm. idea that's really driving it all. And that's yeah. how I'm carrying through and why it all makes, even it might not look like it makes sense on paper. Yeah, It does make sense because you know what your idea, like your, your mission statement is, so to speak. Right. And right. you're building yeah. upon that and using these experiences to fall into and support that mission statement. Right. Yeah. Uh, time yeah. management, bless you, because that is so not my, that's one of those things that I struggle with. And somebody once told me the Pomodoro effect was, or Pomodoro method, not effect, <laughs> Pomodoro method, was a great thing because it was kind of like that. It was, mm-hmm. and I had a friend in college that used to do that. She used to like have it written down literally mm-hmm. to the minute. And I was like, do you actually follow this? Right. And she did, but she was, um, she got everything done every right. single day. It was amazing. She was like a machine. Yeah. And I was like, that nah, is not me. I, uh, right. Um, I got, my mom got me a planner for Christmas. And so what I do is, uh, what I try to do anyway, is I'll write down a list of things that I want to accomplish every day. So I don't necessarily ascribe time to them, right? Right. I check them off on my list when I accomplish them. That way I know that I'm accomplishing the purposes and the goals that I have for that day. So I might not have it down to the 10-minute increment, right? But I do have a list of things that I want to accomplish in that 24-hour or a 16-hour period, however long I sleep, right? So, yes, definitely. That's what I try and do as far as time management. Yeah. And writing stuff stuff down is incredibly important. It's amazing how I've worked in some, as a writer, you know, my dog is going crazy at the door. Lulu, mm-hmm. come here, bub. He's, he, he has, speaking of amount of time that he can focus on anything, he's not <laughs> right. been paid attention to for like 50 minutes and suddenly he's like, mom, I need your time. Right, right. He's like my two-year-old child. Um, yeah, he's very cute. He's very sweet, but he does think he's a human. So uh, writing things down and that connection with actually physically writing, using your hand to write things Somehow, there's something with our physiology and there he is, <laughs> at that it, it, it registers more deeply somehow with our brain when we actually yeah. write it out and have it written in front of us right. and how important that is because, like you said, you got your focus, you've mm-hmm. got, you're managing your time effectively, right. and you're writing out what you need to do. And it's like the rest of it sort of falls into place when you right. do that. My problem is I never managed to just do them all effectively, <laughs> consistently. And I'll be the first to admit it. I am my worst, own worst enemy. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To a certain extent, we have that thing that we do that drives ourselves crazy. Right? Right. right? <laughs> so I love it. All right. So that's it. Focus. Um, focus. Time management, writing it down. Yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant advice. It seems so simple. And yet, and yet, it's like the thing that we never do. Right. 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 Yeah. Because we're like, oh, I could do this. It's like squirrel, 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 squirrel. Right. right. You know? And again, so easy with all of the new distractions that we have. And that's really, I mean, in a wild ways, that is what it is. They are mm-hmm. distractions. And they can be good distractions. And they can be positively turned into mm-hmm. things that generate 
the energy that we need, the connections that we need, right. or they can literally be distractions to keep us from doing what it is right. that we need to be doing. And me, being this, being on Facebook, right? Yeah. I normally, mainly use Facebook for connecting, networking, and business purposes. At the end of the day, like I said, that 11, 1130, I'm getting on supporting people, right? But I don't strictly use Facebook as a social media platform. I'm not scrolling just for the purpose of scrolling, right? Right. But you can get sucked into doing that, just being in people's lives, you know, watching all their videos and stuff like that. I think Facebook is a great example of what you're talking about. You can yep. use it for evil, you can use it for good, right? <laughs> so. Right. And that is always, like you said, coming back to finding that balance and finding right. that work-life balance, which is, you know, what are you doing that serves you, that feeds your soul, that is... And you don't, it's not that you have to be working, working all the time. Right. We all need downtime, but mm -hmm. it's finding whatever works for you that keeps you going in the way that works for you. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're answering to yourself. Like yeah. everybody else's opinion about things is their life. It's like, what is everybody's opinion? Someone's opinion about you doesn't matter to you or what's, what's the saying? Um, what someone thinks of you doesn't matter. I right. think it's something along those lines and I'm getting it completely wrong, but, um, yeah, is their business. What someone thinks is of you their is business. their business. Yeah. yeah. So, um, not to say that you just go out there and just like, you know, crashing and burning and just right. you know, leaving a path of havoc behind you. But right. it's more or less the, you do what you can do and what you're capable of. And you push right. yourself based on you, yeah. you know, and, and again, finding that balance in and focusing and managing your time and writing it all down so you can get where you need to go. Yeah. I love That's it. Good. Oh, uh, well, I will hopefully see you on the 20th because I, I want to, I'm all game for this. I, it'll at least teach me how to make one dish. Right, right. <laughs> from there, it'll get you excited. Not to mention it would be, I'd love to connect with these people and like the people that are involved and just get, like you said, that sense of community because we're, right. it's, it is so important and, and we have so sorely been lacking in many ways this past Especially yeah. this past year. So now there is a coupon code you can use. Valentine gives you fifteen dollars off. Oh, nice! Even better. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for your time and and for thank sharing you. your story and your gifts and your vision and all of the good stuff, your insights. Uh, really appreciate it. And I just, I really, I love your message. I love what you're doing. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly been a pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. All right. Well, I will, like I said, I will add the links in so everybody can find you. Black mm -hmm. Truth Media, um, yeah. Black Motivation Broadcast, your yeah. book, the, what is it? Uh, One Single Woman? One Single Lady. One Single Lady. Okay. We'll have all those links up. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. Just, you're just, your links thing is going to be like four pages long. Um, and then at the, at the end, it's going to be like, and she sleeps. Something. <laughs> so. Well, have an amazing day. Thank you so much. And, uh, and we'll be in touch. And I'll let you know when this airs. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Awesome. Take care. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Nature Knows. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing and sharing us with your friends or even leaving a review. We'd really appreciate it. For more information about today's guest, Ashley Jones, you can find her on social media at Black Truth Media and Grown Ups in the Industry. 
You can tune into her podcast, Grown Ups in the Industry, or check out the Black Motivation broadcast or the Black Magic Minute radio segment. Her book, One Single Lady, A Guide to Single Christian Living, is available on Amazon. For more information about the brunch, the Grown Women Brunch with Chef Dawn Moss of Carolina Kitchen, head on over to grownwomenbrunch.eventbrite.com. If you purchase your ticket before February 13th, you'll receive a special curated box with your ticket. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.